Oh, hey, Rebels, it's me, Sheila Gunn-Reed, and you're listening to a free audio-only recording of my weekly Wednesday night show, The Gun Show, and I say this every single week. This is the internet, so that makes this extra convenient. You can listen or watch whenever you feel like. Now, tonight my guest is my good friend Robbie Picard from Oil Sand Strong, and we are talking about Justin Trudeau's evil plot. No, that gives him far too much credit and attributes intelligence that I just don't think is there. I think it's more of a harebrained scheme uh, that Justin Trudeau announced this week at the UN Climate Change Conference to have Canada pursue net zero CO2 emissions by 2050, which according to senior economists at TD Bank say will unemploy about half a million people primarily in the west of Canada. We're talking about a few other things too. Now, if you like to listen to the show, then I think you're going to love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's what we call our long-form TV-style shows here on Rebel News. Subscribers get access to my show, which I obviously think is pretty good and worth the price of admission. But you also get access to David Menzies' fun Friday night show, Rebel Roundup, Ezra Levant's nightly Ezra Levant show, and Andrew Chapados's show Andrew says just go to rebelnewsplus.com to subscribe and become a member it's only eight bucks a month and just for our podcast listeners you can save an extra 10 percent on a new rebel news plus membership by using the coupon code podcast when you subscribe that's rebelnewsplus.com easy peasy become a member there and if you like the show and I'm relatively confident that you do can you do me another favor leave a five-star review wherever you find us that's a great way to support the show without having to spend a dime but it also helps other people find us too now please enjoy this free audio only version of my show Justin Trudeau goes to the United Nations to promise to put half a million Canadians out of work and the world applauds. I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed and you're watching The Gun Show. The UN Climate Change Conference is upon us once again, and this year it's being held in Glasgow, Scotland, where all the climate scolds from all across the world engage in transatlantic or transcontinental airline travel to lecture us normal people about recycling programs and the necessity of low-flow showerheads and the need to shrink our carbon footprints. And... Even though his former health minister very recently told Canadians about the need to limit unnecessary travel, Justin Trudeau and approximately 275 other Canadian delegates are in Glasgow. Last night, they even had a big fancy party, at least according to Justin Trudeau's itinerary, that was after scheming up new ways to damn the rest of us to ongoing energy poverty. Justin Trudeau made a promise to make Canada one of the most forested places on the face of the earth, 
net zero in carbon emissions by 2050. Just take a listen. We'll cap oil and gas sector emissions today and ensure they decrease tomorrow at a pace and scale needed to reach net zero by 2050. In reality, a recent analysis done by TD Economics says that net zero goals could result in nearly 500,000 jobs lost. And I think it flies in the face of Trudeau's goal of Indigenous reconciliation, considering that the largest employer of Indigenous people in this beautiful country, well, it's oil and gas and mining. It hardly seems reconciliatory to promise to unemploy a bunch of Indigenous people in their own communities, right? So joining me tonight to discuss this is someone who is both Indigenous and a staunch advocate for oil and gas development all across this country. He's based in Fort McMurray. Joining me is my friend Robbie Picard in the interview we recorded yesterday afternoon. Joining me now is my friend Robbie Picard from Oil Sands Strong. Robbie, I know you're busy because besides being, I think, Canada's most effective pro-oil and gas advocate, you also own a small business. And so um, you're in the middle of doing some work and you were gracious enough to take some time. I wanted to talk to you first about Justin Trudeau at the UN Climate Change Conference. He basically announced on Monday that he plans to phase out, um, according to economists at TD Bank, about 500,000 jobs, largely in the West, in his pursuit of net zero emissions by 2050. First of all, what do you think prompted this, and do you even think this is remotely close to possible? You know... Um... I had a kind of an epiphany today. I was uh, I was doing some YouTube research, and then I haven't heard from Greta Thunberg for a very long time. And uh, I I thought, you know, what did happen to Greta Thunberg? And then I realized that she's kind of given up advocacy, and she started her dancing career, and she was singing <laughs> music now. And then I thought, like, this is how ridiculous the world has become because of few months ago she was sort of like you know the messiah of the climate movement and truth is she's just a spoiled little girl onto her next thing justin trudeau is sort of similar um honestly the more and more i research this and after all these years of trying to advocate for fossil fuels in the fossil fuel industry um i realize that most of them just don't have a clue what they're doing and they're just saying stuff for lip service it is impossible to get rid of fossil fuels. Justin Trudeau knows that. Everyone knows it. But for some stupid reason, we are playing this pretend game that we are somehow um, going to somehow get rid of fossil fuels. In the meantime, we're we're going to attack the more the 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 hopes and dreams of average Alberta workers and Canadian workers that are just simply trying to get by with constantly threatening their job. Justin Trudeau's lost the popular vote twice, and I'm hoping that once and for all there be a new government that stops this insane insanity that we somehow need to have a war on fossil fuels. They, all these people at the at the at the, the climate change conference in Scotland right now, they get on these private planes and they go there and they pretend the world is just messed up and no, it's impossible. And Trudeau 
should stop this negative uh, negativity towards Canadians' fossil fuel industry and start promoting it because it only helps the Russians and Saudi Arabia and other countries get their oil to market while we sit here and still fight for trying to get our oil to market. In the big scheme of things, Canada makes no difference in CO2 anyway. We're barely a blip on the radar. So we need to start just getting over this insanity of this whole energy war period. And that's how I feel about that. Now, I wanted to ask you something else because you're also a strong advocate for um, Indigenous people to embrace fossil fuel development as a way out of generational poverty. And Justin Trudeau has lowered the flags um, because he says it's in the interest of reconciliation based on residential school discoveries. But really, this oil and gas and mining, it's the largest employer of Indigenous people in the country. How does this foster his, I guess, fake commitment to reconciliation if he goes to Glasgow and threatens the jobs of hundreds of thousands of Canadians, and many of those are Indigenous themselves. See, the truth is, is that right now, every single Indigenous organization in my community has a deal with oil and gas now. It's never been better. They've just recently did another pipeline agreement. There's businesses. There has never been a tighter connection. So anytime he talks about damaging the oil and gas industry, he's literally talking about destroying the lives and income of indigenous people across the country. So that's one. Two, um, I, I don't think you'll see Greenpeace or these organizations coming up here talking about indigenous rights and when it comes to oil and gas anymore, because the very indigenous people that they claim to be helping have solid deals with oil and gas for the first time. The country itself, which Justin Trudeau is the prime minister of all of us, and, and as unfortunate that is, he's just as much your prime minister as he is mine. Um, and he needs to represent all of us with the same type of respect and equality. And I think he's just, he's, he, he likes shiny things. He took his private jet to Europe to go talk about climate change. And it's another useless, ridiculous thing that they're cons consistently doing. It's actually, it's just laughable. And uh, it's not going to go away. It's just the, the, our, our normal. But I guess average Canadians, we can actually start legit calling them out uh, for being like a spade is a spade. I mean, here's it, here's what I would tell all the people at the um, that are in Scotland right now. If you care so much about climate change and CO two emissions, you know something that happened during the pandemic. What you and I are doing right now, you can Skype the whole thing or you can Zoom the whole thing. Until the leaders themselves of this world start practicing what they preach, we are should not be in any position to take them seriously. They could have done this entire climate change conference over Zoom. I mean, the Queen of England Zoomed in herself. So we can Zoom in and we can talk and maybe then then we could actually take them seriously. But I don't truly know what they're trying to do. But it, uh, I mean, it's been a long time now, the same nonsense. There's something else they're up to. I'm not sure if it's one world government or if it's, uh, you know, uh, universal income or something else that they're trying to do over and over again. But that seems to be more what what I think this is about. I think it's less about the environment and it's more about changing how we govern the world. And I think it's we need to have that conversation because it makes no sense. I mean, we we, we he just builds a Trans Mountain pipeline and then he's talking about reducing and it, it's just talking out of both sides of his mouth all the time. And it, it's quite frankly, it's getting sickening. But unfortunately, the way that our government, our country is set up, you can't just vote them out if you're an Albertan because you have no say. And that's the reality of it.
You know, I think you might be onto something. Um, when you see how the reaction to COVID played out and then the behavior of our politicians in relation to COVID, it's very much the same thing as what you're seeing with climate change. So they tell me climate change is deadly and it's real and we're all going to die in 12 years, but they take a private jet to their parties in Glasgow and every other city that they hold these things every um, different year. And you and I, we're supposed to stay home, get all locked up in our houses, work from home, not to our friends and family, but they're over there. For example, we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. Justin Trudeau is holding, or at least in attendance at a party tonight of world leaders and business leaders. But you and I, we could only have so many people in our house, uh, at Thanksgiving and we were told by Justin Trudeau's health minister no unnecessary travel but he's jet setting all over Europe and headed to the climate change conference so I think there's a lot of things that are the same they are using this supposed existential crisis to change our behaviors and control every aspect of our lives well that's just it it's do as I say not as I do and it's been like that for quite a while so but the more and more I talk to people, I think people are catching on to it. And I, I, I think people are sick of it. And uh, I, it's, there is no getting away from fossil fuels. So it, we might as well embrace that we need them and develop them alongside with all forms of energy, whether it's solar or wind or whatever, in a cohesive way that makes sense for the planet. And this notion that we somehow can get rid of it. I honestly believe that if we go down this path of un, like in our mad rush to get all these batteries and all that, you're going to see far more damage to the environment than oil and gas has ever created. You're already seeing it now. And uh, we need to be honest about this conversation and we need to call out the hypocrisy. I mean, Trudeau should not be talking about hurting the Canadian economy any more than he's already done. And even Jean Chrétien recently came out of, you know, um, like, you know, came out. His crypt. His <laughs> crypt. <laughs> <laughs> and even he's like, hey, listen, like, you know, inflation is going to be a giant problem for you, Trudeau. And you need to get a grip on this. You know what I mean? And like, like Jean Chrétien or hey, Jean Chrétien, I, I don't think Jean Chrétien was an enemy to the oil sands. In fact, I, he helped open Syncrude. But I mean, I think that that's the reality. I mean, this, I mean, the, the massive spending and the debt that the country's in right now, and they don't care. Like it's not their money, and they, but they're the stewards of it, and they're going to leave us in this horrible situation, and and it's going to be very difficult for generations to get out of it. So I mean, I I really hope that Canadians wake up and and we start stopping this conversation that there's some other going to be this just transition and stop taking these washed out youthless environmentalist and and taking their catchphrases and making it into policy i mean like hey listen there might be hope for me like i chained myself with a with bail twine to the greenpeace door a few <laughs> years back you know so i mean maybe i'll be the next energy minister i mean i didn't quite scale the cn tower and i didn't attack a premier's house but hey i did a few things <laughs> Now, you are very clearly hinting at uh, Stephen Gilbo, who was with Equitaire, and now he is Canada's environment minister, and that should send a chill across the investment in the oil patch, um, which I think is what his appointment was intended to do. But 
we revealed through documents that he was a recipient of Tides Foundation money and not just generalized Tides Foundation money, but money directly for the tar sands campaign to block Canada's oil and gas development, particularly in Alberta. And now he's the guy in charge. He doesn't have to take Tides money anymore to do uh, the dirty work of shutting down oil and gas. He gets paid by the taxpayer to do it now. So isn't that convenient? Well, and I, and I think we also got to realize one thing. I think on our side, we tend to, we don't flip flop a lot. Okay. So I'm a pro oil guy. You're not going to see me suddenly be anti oil anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these so-called environmentalists, they, they actually don't give a shit about the environment. So they'll flip flop to whatever, whatever suits their needs at the time. So, I mean, I don't have a ton of respect for him. And I question why does Trudeau keep putting these people in power that, Albertans don't like but the truth is is that in a lot of ways um I don't think he cares anymore you know what I mean and um I don't think you know any of them do so yes that's very scary to put that fox in the in the hen house here in Alberta with the hard-working hens trying to you know keep plucking away and you got this fox at any moment it's gonna bite off their heads so that's essentially what uh what we're dealing with we're we're very nice here in Alberta so <laughs> Yeah, I think you're right. I I really don't think they care. I really don't even think they're environmentalists. I just think it is their vehicle to control your life. If you can control how much CO2 someone emits when CO2 is so intrinsically linked to everything that we do in our everyday life, then you control their life. When you think about it's associated with home heating and refrigeration and how your stuff gets on the shelf in the grocery store and how your food gets grown and how far you can drive your car and the lights in your house. If you can control that one thing, then you can can truly, you can truly control the person. That's what I think this is all about because they don't act like environmentalists. They don't behave like it. They're not living small. They're not driving small cars. They're in tonight, Tuesday night, a big fancy party where everybody took a private jet. Well, that's just it, you know, and, and, but like, well, we're doing it for the environment that we have to travel here because we're, we're better than the rest of them. We're world leaders. And that's essentially what the, what they're trying to do. So, um, it's, uh, it's kind of scary. Now I want to talk about something else. We'll switch lanes just a little bit here. Sure. Robbie, you were, or at least the campaign that you worked on. I think probably the only heartening success story of any major municipality in the last election, um, municipal elections here in Alberta that just uh, wrapped up at the end of October. Edmonton somehow managed to be more progressive. Calgary also went more progressive. You worked on a campaign that got a very pro-oil and gas, very pro-small business mayor elected (laughs) In Fort McMurray. I don't think people really know just how sort of liberal progressive and municipal politics are in Fort McMurray. But somehow you helped get the pro-small business, pro-oil and gas guy elected. Tell us about the new mayor of Fort McMurray. (laughs) Well, um, so it was, um, I'm very, actually, I'm I'm thrilled. Okay, so. You worked hard. uh, Toot your own horn. You worked very hard. (laughs) Well, okay, so I'll, I'll start with the councillors and I'll work up to uh, our uh, Mayor Bowman, um, who's uh, become a dear friend of mine. Um, I'm trying not to be too emotional here, but um, uh, 
first of all, we want to talk about multicultural. We have the most multicultural um, council in, in history for McMurray. We have four Métis people on there. Sandy Bowman's Métis, the mayor, the MMA mayor. Um, Kendrick Cardinal from Fort Chip. I ran his campaign as well. Um, and then we have Al Granderson um, and Loretta Cardinal. All pro-oil, all Métis. Um, and, and then we had a couple other people. So, but... Here, here's the gist of what just happened. Um, we in Fort McMurray, I think, have kind of had enough. Um, we have watched um, our council for many years. Literally, I'm not going to hold back, piss away hundreds of millions of dollars on stupid structures. Um, and I always kind of sat back and, and I never wanted to be involved in municipal politics. I thought about running for a little while during this because I was just fed up. I'll give you an example. There's a community um, outside of Fort McMurray of the, uh, called Conklin. There's only 279 people that live in Conklin. But for some reason, we built a $50 million rec center that just sits empty all the time. I'm all for giving the Conklin community the full money. I'm not saying that. But build what the community needs. Build things like a little grocery store or a bingo hall or something or enjoy the lake that surrounds it, Christina Lake. So we have sat back for a very long time and I just had enough. So we, I talked to Sandy Bowman. So I'll delve into the mayor here. And um, so Sandy Bowman is a seventh degree uh, kickboxing uh, black belt MMA fighter has Bowman's martial arts. He's had it for over 30 years. Um, he also um, successfully uh, kicked the shit out of Butterbean, uh, the boxer, <laughs> in an MMA fight. And so Sandy's a friend of mine. He understood my advocacy. And he uh, approached about helping him run for counselor. And then, how do I put this politely? Um, Don't try. Just do it. <laughs> so... When I realized the other two candidates that were running for mayor, um, at first I thought, you know, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. And I didn't I didn't really want Sandy to run for mayor because I knew that would bluntly be a lot of work on my part. Um, but um, he talked about it and then he said, he, I, I don't think I want to run for mayor. And then, boom, he said, yeah, I'm running for mayor. And, of course, you know me, I'm very loyal. So I had no choice to, to work with him to see it through. And I, I'm beyond proud. We He wasn't the front runner. He's never done politics before. Yeah. And we managed to take out two incumbents. And I can tell you right now, like, I live in the social media world and I can fight back when I need to. And some of the other people running, the, the viciousness towards my business, towards me, it was next level. But other than, you know, snapping once, I kept it so clean and professional. And the people of Fort McMurray chose. And I, and I believe in six months' time, Sandy Bowman will be the best more Fort McMurray has ever had and arguably one of the best in the country. And I'll tell you why, because he is a good temper. So when we were filming and I was trying to get him to be a bit more excited in the video. And I remember looking at him and I'm like, okay, you're like, you're too monotone. You're too calm. So I looked at him and I said, look, I am going to kick your ass, right? Thinking I could activate the MMA in him and get a reaction. And he simply looked at me and didn't even flinch. You couldn't kick my ass. And at that moment, I knew he'd be a good mayor because he's going to be level-headed. He's going to be calm. He's not going to overreact. And yeah, we have a pro oil, um, ATV loving, MMA fighting, barbecuing. And he also likes the arts too. And he's very funny um, and very good looking suit. Like, I mean, he wears the chain around him, like, like it, 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 uh, the best mayor ever. And, and I'm 
honored and proud uh, to be a part of that campaign. And he believed in my local business. Um, he believed in me and uh, to do the media stuff with our team. It was a very small team. It was only three people, really. Uh, four, if you count that. We had a contemporary campaign manager come up for a little bit to help at the very end. Um, yeah, it was great. So I'm very thrilled. And uh, we need that right now in Fort McMurray. And just kind of look to talk about the disaster in Calgary's mayor. Well, the reality is, is that this is what I'm saying. These politicians, I don't truly know if they have any loyalty because taking on the new mayor of Calgary was quite easy. We just had to rewind a video from two years ago where she was declaring her love for oil and gas at a Canada Action rally thing that she was at. So how many of these people in politics actually believe in anything beyond their own personal game of getting elected? So instead of yeah, and, and frankly, like, and here's my message to Calgary. Well, you know, to all the oil and gas companies, like, you know, who cares what your mayor says? The oil and gas comes from Fort McMurray. And if you like to move your head offices here, I know the mayor <laughs> and I'll set up a meeting and see if they can put point you in the right direction. Because if, if Calgary as mayor is so stupid to insult the energy industry right now in this critical part of life in a city that... 100% has benefited from the blood, sweat, and tears from our small community here. Let's be candid. There's not a lot of oil in Calgary compared to Fort McMurray. And the head offices in Calgary are, are to support stuff in Fort McMurray. So for her to be so stupid and naive to come out like that blows my mind. And yeah, and to all uh, the rest of Canada, like, and all the other mayors across this entire country, I can comfortably say that our mayor can kick all their asses. <laughs> well, I'm kind of excited to see uh, Fort McMurray with a mayor that is more reflective of the culture of the average Fort McMurray resident, you know, with a embrace of nature through his love of ATVing and and being a small business owner. I think I, I, I think that's great. And I'm so excited to hear that so many First Nations and Métis people were elected to council, again, reflective of the actual community. And you played no small part in that. So you should really toot your own horn. I think there is, if, you know, everything else <laughs> fails for you, and I don't think it will, your marketing company and, you know, your oil and gas activism, there is a role for you in politics and political organizing, because I, that's really, I mean, you, <laughs> you pulled off the most unlikely thing in Fort McMurray. Now, Robbie, your guy becomes a mayor because of your hard work. And then something tremendous happens to you. Tell everybody because you deserve this. <laughs> so um, the exiting mayor, Don Scott, and I, yeah, you know what? I don't care. I am so proud and I'm so happy this happened. Um, I, uh, I've had accolades before. I've won small awards before, but this one actually meant something. For the past, I don't know, um, say seven years-ish now, five since the fire two before so seven years i have been advocating for this community and um mayor don scott um as his last one of his last official duties granted me the key to the city and uh yeah it was uh one of the best moments of my life i loved it i also love the fact that all the people that hated me for getting senator bowman elected got to sit there and look at me as i held the key to the city <laughs> and i it was it was a big honor, and so I I was very thrilled about that. So, the plan next is to roll out the key to the city attention, which was substantial, not massive, but substantial, 
and I am hopping on I, as soon as I can get the I, Sheila. I know I'm supposed to be all tough and like kind of Albertan, right? But I have this bus, and the bus is a five-speed manual transmission, but it's actually a ten-speed if you count the low and the high. And that is such a pain. And I, so I need to change the transmission to auto. And then I'm taking our propane powered slash gas bus all the way to Ottawa. And along the way, I'm going to be filming people for a mini documentary trying to stop this insane disconnect between the uh, Laurentian elite who live in Ottawa and are recession proof and have all this kind of like second, third generation cash that they somehow snub their nose and connect the dots saying that we are one country and fossil fuels is what connects us. And we need to understand that like getting rid of oil and gas and damaging the reputation of it, it actually really hurts the country. So the plan is I'm taking this bus. So if anyone's interested in helping, we're going to be setting up um, some sponsorship on the website at oilsandstrong.com or robbypicard.com and buy t-shirts and stuff like that. But we're go- I'm going to be doing a monthly newsletter and magazine, and we're going to be charging $7 a month subscription for this. And if people could sign up for a year, that would really help. Um, it is, I, I'm, I'm going to be candid. I need to raise a lot more cash. I, my marketing company carries Oil Sand Strong. But if we really want to go up a level, we really want to take it up a notch. I'm one of the most known activists when it comes to oil and gas that there is. And I'm very proud of everything that we've done and I've done. But the truth of the matter is some of the other organizations have way more cash than us. And they get handed them way more cash and they can have staff. And I need to get to that point. Um, I promise you one thing, though, that if we get to this point that um, our advocacy will not be forgotten, it'll be bold and it will move the needle. And that's something that I'm very proud of. That, proud of. And we've proven the thing with the, the, the Bowman campaign. I learned something that I can't rely on other organizations to carry things anymore. If you don't like who's elected, you got to do something to get the right people in that are elected. And my message to all of Alberta, Alberta is real simple. Civic, civic politics, the people that are your mayors or your councillors or whatever, are the most important. They affect every aspect of your lives. And if the, the, the other side is successfully trying to, they understand that they might not be able to get an Alberta federally or provincially. So they've gone to the level of mayor and councillor. And you need the people to run for these positions that are going to protect the future. So the goal of this bus tour is is to open people's eyes to that we are all connected with oil and gas and we need to work together. Well, Robbie, I'm very excited to see what you do next. I hope everybody goes to Oil Sand Strong and supports the work that you do. And I should let you get back to it because the work you're currently doing for Robbie Picard Media is going to, as you say, carry the work that you do at Oil Sand Strong. So I'll let you get back at it. Thanks so much. Okay, thank you for having me as always. I don't know if you've seen yet, but my colleague Lewis Brackpool is at the UN Climate Change Conference in Glasgow. He's been bringing us the other side of the story, the side of the story, the true believing climate alarmist, climate hysterics in the mainstream media won't tell you because they don't want you to know it or they just can't see their own hypocrisy right in front of them. You've got to check out some of his coverage and you can support it too at rebelun.com. Justin Trudeau's bought and paid for mainstream media 
will not tell you what's happening at this conference. Neither will the UK-based BBC. And we don't get any government money like the mainstream media here in Canada or the BBC in the UK. So if you'd like to support the work that Lewis is doing at the Glasgow Climate Conference, please donate at that aforementioned website, rebelun.com. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. I'll see everybody back here in the same time, in the same place next week. And remember, don't let the government or the UN or Justin Trudeau tell you that you've had too much to think.